Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Making Inspired Choices with Coach Linda. I'm your host, Linda Stevens-Jones, and I'm delighted that you tuned in today. I'm here in Northern Virginia, and we're still digging out of a major snowstorm over this past weekend. I hope that wherever you are listening from, you and your loved ones are safe and well. I want to thank you for your comments on the last broadcast about my superb co-host and hubby, Richard Spike Jones, and our guest, Christian comedian Keith V. If you missed it, I'll give you info later on how you can still hear the January 12th show and other previous episodes. If you're listening today for the first time, this is a twice-a-month broadcast on the second and fourth Tuesdays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. I am a certified Christian life coach, and you are welcome here. My listeners are a part of a community that is about encouragement and each other, which we all need sometimes. And this broadcast is also a place where you can get support, you will be accepted, and there is no judgment. I'm particularly delighted that in a short while, I will be having a conversation with my special guest, Reverend Dr. Marshall L. Osbury, who is also my pastor, so plan to stay with us for our discussion. Before he comes on the air, I want to check in with each of you who's listening today. So, How's 2016 treating you so far? With January already coming to a close soon, what would you say if I asked, which of you, which are you counting more of at this point, blessings or challenges? And I know sometimes the blessings can be found in our challenges. I think that's a true statement, and we'll even talk to our guest about that. But I'm interested in learning, what are you focused on right now? Are you still committed to the things that you vowed to do this year? Usually, that involves a desire to change something, to move in a different direction than you did during the previous year. My observation is, we usually want to change something in these major life areas, 
Number one, health and fitness. You know, I've got to lose 20 pounds or I've got to eat better. Number two, our money. Either we usually have uh, desired changes around, I've got too much debt, I've got to stop spending, or I'm trying to save for retirement, or I'm trying to save for down payment on a house, or save for some other major expense. Number three, our career. It's time for me to find a new job, or it's time for me to get a promotion. Area number four, personal relationships. I want more quality time with my spouse, or I want to spend more time with my children, or maybe I want to spend more time with my aging parents. And then a fifth category might be our spiritual life. I need to develop my faith walk more, or I want to start reading the Bible, or I want to start understanding the Bible. Now, these are just some common examples, but are you trying to make changes in one or more of these areas? For some of our listeners today, when you honestly look at where you are at the beginning of a new year, you may feel like you need to make loads of changes in those areas I listed. On top of these five major areas, you may have to add in some ongoing challenges you may be facing in your life or difficult decisions looming ahead. Not to be a downer, but all of these challenges and desired changes can sometimes leave you feeling overwhelmed and unsure of where to focus your energy first. Does anyone relate to that? I've been hired to work with clients who have become overwhelmed by the number or types of challenges they are facing. And usually, with the feelings of overwhelm, comes a lot of worry. Yet, they are unable to get going because they're not sure where to begin. I'm reminded often of a saying I heard years ago while working for the Air Force. Often, many know what needs to be done, but not many can figure out what needs to be done next. So what do you do when you're faced with multiple life challenges all at once? How do you figure out what to focus on next? Hmm. I'm really interested in what strategies you use. Do you find that it's best to figure out which challenges have the biggest consequences or the biggest impact? Or maybe even where you'll get the biggest relief? Or do you start attacking whatever happens to be in front of you first? <laughs> well, here's, here's a shift I want to pose to you. What if you decided to set your actions based on your top priorities, such as first pay attention to the matters that affect your family or the matters that affect your health? or whatever your significant goals are for the year. What would happen if you give those things some priority time and energy step by step with an estimated timeline of when you want to get the matter resolved? 
or the goal achieved. From my perspective as a coach, I've seen this prioritizing process alone reduce a feeling of being overwhelmed. You may still have lots of challenges, but if you at least have a plan of action and approach with your first two or three steps identified, you can start to feel a sense of forward motion and progress. And you will accomplish everything. And will you accomplish everything in the short term? No. (laughs) But you start to make a dent in the most important things based on criteria that you set. Just imagine that approach for a moment and see if that could reduce what overwhelms you. Personally, I found this strategy of stopping to decide what is most significant to be helpful. But before I begin and set priorities on where to begin to tackle my task, I try to remember to do two things first. I take some deep breaths to steal my thoughts for a few moments, and then I pray for God's direction. I just pause, take a few deep breaths on that feeling of I've got too many things to do. Oh, my gosh, where am I going to begin? When I feel that in my spirit, I try to stop, take a few deep breaths, and then I ask God for direction. Taking those few deep breaths and praying grounds me and gives me clarity to put my plan together. So I invite you to try that if you experience a sense of overwhelm with numerous challenges and decisions in front of you. We'll ask my guest today what works for him as well. And a little later in the broadcast, I'd love for you to call in and share what you're focusing on in the new year and what helps you when you feel overwhelmed. I bet your ideas can be helpful to someone else listening today. You might be surprised at the feedback received after the show and what was helpful to our listeners. I mean, the feedback that I get from listeners about uh, the nuggets that were planted in their spirit. So I'll be looking forward to you giving us a call and sharing your thoughts and feedback after my discussion with my guests. I want to see... 2016 be one of the best years of your life. We want to conquer overwhelm early in the year so that when you're looking back over 2016, you're really feeling gratified and fulfilled with the kind of things that you set as your priorities and the way you dealt with those uh, distractions or the things that got in the way from time to time. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, right now, it is time for me to introduce today's special guest. I'm honored to introduce Reverend Dr. Marshall Osbury Sr. Reverend Osbury serves as the senior pastor of Antioch Baptist Church. The church campus is located on Little Ox Road in Fairfax Station, Virginia. Reverend Osbury has served as pastor of the 
Antioch congregation for 20 years. Dr. Osberry is married to the former Robin Duke. He and Robin have been blessed, have been married for 36 years and have been blessed with three adult children, Marshall, Ryan, and Micah. While matriculating at James Madison University, Marshall played for the JMU Duke football team for three years. He also served as a resident advisor at Chandler Hall. There, he was a member of the charter line of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity, and his line name was Yogi. (laughs) Reverend Osbury graduated from James Madison in 1979 with a double major in accounting and management. He graduated in 1981 with a Master of Science in Accounting from James Madison University. He also passed a Certified Public Accountant exam, the CPA. He worked in several professional accounting positions, including Assistant Controller at Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia, Vice President Controller of a company owned by the Gannett Company, And he also served as Director of Financial Technical Assistance Program with the United Negro College Fund, UNCF, where he consulted with historically black colleges and universities, member schools on a variety of financial and accreditation issues. When Reverend Osbury could no longer resist God's calling to accounting of a different sort, accounting for the souls of men and women, boys and girls, he studied to show himself approved in this new field. He graduated from Capital Bible Seminary in Lanham, Maryland, with a graduate certificate in biblical studies. He earned his Master's of Divinity degree from the Samuel Dewitt School of Theology at Virginia Union University in Richmond, Virginia. In 2006, he completed the requirements for the Doctor of Ministry degree with a concentration in preaching from Gordon Cornwell Theological Seminary in South Hamilton, Massachusetts. His doctoral project was entitled Effective Preaching to the African-American Female Audience. Wow. Dr. Osbury has had the privilege to teach and preach in various countries to include Kenya, Benin, Senegal, Italy, Antigua, Southeast Asia, and Canada. On February 12, 2009, he served as guest chaplain and gave the opening prayer before the 111th Congress of the United States Senate. Reverend Osbury is thankful for the start his parents provided by instilling that education is important to raise up a people. He appreciates all of his experiences at James Madison University and especially for meeting his sweetheart, Robin. He says that was worth all the tuition. (laughs) And finally, the purpose statement that has been developed under Antioch Baptist Church's, uh, under Reverend Osbury's leadership, is loving God, loving others. 
Reverend Osbury, welcome to the Making Inspired Choices radio show. It is a great Thank pleasure to have you. I'm Thank sorry, you very go much, ahead. Yeah. Thank you very much for that warm and very kind introduction. Well, as you know, the vision for this broadcast is to grow a community, to give hope and encouragement, to inspire and even challenge listeners to make the kind of choices that move their lives forward. I know that your sharing in with us today will contribute to that vision. Your taking the time out of your busy schedule is greatly appreciated. So let's jump right in. My, my honor to serve. <laughs> Tell us some things about yourself. Tell us a couple of things that are not included in your bio. Wow, that's hard. You, you kind of was. You were very inclusive, and uh, my mother would love you for that uh, kind introduction. And um, but that's pretty much everything in a, in a nutshell. And um, about me personally, you know, I love working working with people. I love where God's placed me. I think it's an honor to serve here at Antioch, and of just a really warm and friendly congregation, and some really, really, really great people here at Antioch. So that's been a blessing. I, I pinch myself at times that I'm serving here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it is our pleasure to have you to serve at Antioch. Oh, thank um, you. Reverend Osbury, what would you say has been one of the common themes of your life to this point? For me, as I look over my life, I'd say, one, always learning from every situation, every circumstance, always learning something from it about myself or the situation and whether I handle it uh, in a proper way or not so proper or what can I do in the future if something of that similar nature arises. So always mm-hmm. learning from life situations. If we look back over lives, and not that we that were successful in everything we've done, but learning mm-hmm. what we could have done differently or d- done better. And uh, then secondly, I'm probably a lifelong learner. Um, and that's that's kind of one of the themes, you know, read books, uh, go to classes, uh, courses, discussions. So always learning and learning from people as well, people that God puts in our path. So I say a lifelong learner would be one of the keys to me. Mm, okay. That's one of my core values as well, being a lifelong learner. So I, I certainly appreciate that. Um, as this new year is just underway, although, boy, we're already at the end of January, what are you most looking forward to in 2016? Every year uh, toward uh, November, December, I pray a prayer. Lord, am I where you want me to be? And I'm, am I doing what you want me to be doing? Because I, for me, I believe that God leads my path and always want to stay where God wants me. I don't want to be where God wants us. And so I always look with expectancy how God will unfold the year. We make some plans, but our plans aren't in concrete. They're in wet cement. So like we lay some things out what we plan to do and then see how God directs our paths. And so uh, never having... Uh, say our plans in concrete, but having them in wet cement helps whatever unfolds during the year uh, that God's in control, and that mm-hmm. also helps reduce less stress. It helps reduce stress rather because it says God, it's all about you, and my path for this year is in your hands. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, that that would reduce some of our stress if we would surrender um, the plans that we try to set in hard concrete. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you have had great success in the private sector and the corporate sector, and you've been um, the pastor at Antioch for 20 years. You've traveled extensively. Um, you know, as I as I've observed with some of my other guests, my sense is that sometimes when people are around blessed and accomplished people like yourself, they may not see your battle scars or signs that you've had low points or or major life challenges. Um, I get regular feedback from the audience on how they've been encouraged by the stories that my guests have shared about their personal walks through challenges or hardships. Um, and one of the premises is we all have those times. Would you share with us um, a time when you faced personal challenges and how you got through those tough times? Yeah, there have uh, been several, obviously. And and you're mm-hmm. right that people might see, I'll say humbly, see our glory, but don't know our story. Mm-hmm. And that the yes. struggles or process we had to go through, the late nights of restlessness or uh, just will this thing work out or not work out and those are trials that we all face and sometimes we don't talk about them and uh, even as you use the word accomplished uh, you know I, I personally don't see myself as accomplished uh, just doing kind of what God puts in front of me and just uh, progressing and never thinking too highly of myself and keeping in perspective but uh, I guess one of the most challenging situations for my wife and I was when our second child was born, uh, Ryan. She has special needs, and uh, that was not in our script for our lives. It was not in our playbook, and uh, she's severely developmentally delayed, and it was really crushing for us, um, and um, you know, wrestling with that. But through it all, as we truly, truly surrendered to God, that it did not catch him by surprise that she is a gift from God, and she's been a joy in our household and our lives, and not without challenges, but what a blessing to us. And so we see that through that, not, again, not how we would have uh, planned our lives, but that God had a plan for our lives. And it's a subtle difference there, or a big difference really. And just seeing God's hand and all that he allows in our lives and so that's, that's probably one of the most challenging. And what got us through, or what conti- continues to get us through, because she lives with us, mm-hmm. she's a, a young adult woman now, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, our faith in the Lord, just trusting God that it may not make sense to us, uh, the whys and wherefores, because there's no earthly reason why you know, that worked out that way. But truly, mm-hmm. we just look above ourselves and think, okay, God, this is in your control. Help us to be faithful parents, to love her, and as we do our other children, and uh, mm-hmm. that God has worked it out. Wow. That's powerful. You know, um, if you were looking back, or I'm asking if you would look back, I know it's been some time ago since Ryan is a young adult woman, but mm-hmm. at the beginning of that challenge or um, early on, when you learned that your daughter had severe developmental um, needs, do you remember what some of the things were that you said to yourself or 
what was that season like when you were at the beginning of the challenge? Well, my uh, biggest concern was for my wife, uh, not so much myself, uh, but for my wife. Um, I remember she would go to uh, a help group, and um, some like mothers of special needs children, and she would leave because you know we, you need to talk to people when you're going through situations. And but she would leave. She would come back. She would be. I still remember today. She would be so down, and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this. But she would. She would be so down. And I said, Robin, that group you're going to is not helping you because you're worse off when you come back mm-hmm. than when you left. And so mm-hmm. she uh, got with another group, and it was a Christian-based group. And mm-hmm. it really, I mean, her spirits would be lifted when she got back. You could tell she'd been uh, blessed and, and her perspective was different. And so making sure that we get with the right group is critical when we are going through because some people can mm-hmm. depress us and uh, they're not mm-hmm. helping us. So being with the right group, and, and I just remember how much that also blessed our household because, you know, when mom's going doing well, the household's doing well, and at least in our household. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that group really blessed her. And um, one of the books that they gave her back in the time was called Search for Significance. Mm-hmm. And it really helped put it in perspective. It's by Robert S. McGee. It's a wonderful uh, Christian book. It's, uh, I use it here at the church as well. It's called, again, Search for Significance by Robert S. McGee, mm-hmm. a Christian uh, counselor. And it really explores the uh, various issues people go through in life and how we have to cope with them and not to believe to believe the lies of Satan, but to believe that what God says about us. And God says we're truly wonderfully, marvelously made, that uh, he loves mm-hmm. us uh, 100%. Uh, it's not about our performance, that God loves us. And in turn, we're honoring to God. So that really turned us around as a household. And we used that book at one time in a women's ministry. And again, I use it for small group sessions with men in church as well. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that resource. Mm-hmm. Um, so that Christian group that Robin became associated with, it sounds like really made a difference in the perspective for her and for your entire family, it sounds like. Yes, it really did. It really did. Mm. I know you you mentioned, you know, your biggest concern was for Robin. Um, what, What would you say posed the greatest challenge for you during that, you know, early time of adjusting to um, your daughter having developmental needs? Right. Well, for me, it was just continuing to seek God's direction, um, that I knew that um, God had given her her to us, that children are a gift from God, and that uh, just trusting God, and for me, you know, um, and not not denying it, but just embracing it, that God's got a purpose and faith, and um, just that I may not know until I get to heaven the whys and wherefores, but in the meantime, mm-hmm. trusting him, because that's, that's a God thing on his ledger that I can't comprehend, but just have to accept some things mm-hmm. and move forward. So really just, just continuing trusting God. Mm. And had you I always... Guess, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it's like that uh, Proverbs chapter 3 um, says, Trust in the Lord with your whole heart, lean not your own mm-hmm. understanding, 
Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll make your path straight, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And that, again, it, it might sound simple, but to, to just, like, stretch out on a bed, that bed's going to hold you up. We trust it every night when we go to bed. But knowing that when we stretch out on God, God's going to sustain us and, and hold us up. And so even in our family situation was truly me just trusting God absolutely. Mm. And also that's about the same time that I was wrestling with God about the, my call to ministry. Oh, at the same time period. Right, right. And and with Ryan, as she was starting to grow, I just saw godliness in her, which helped me to yield to, I was having a good time in my corporate job. <laughs> I, I was enjoying <laughs> the corporate world. and uh, mm-hmm. But yet, with Ryan, uh, it, it helped me to re- re-evaluate what was really important in my life. And it wasn't mm-hmm. about the big bucks and corporate career, but ultimately mm-hmm. uh, it yielded me to serve God. Wow. Wow. So Ryan was like uh, a tool that God used in that in that particular time period. Absolutely. I think God used her to get my attention. Mhm. Mhm. Mm, wow. That that just jumped out at me. Um well what you described uh as you said in terms of your expectations or you know your view of your future and what what ended up happening is something that I can only imagine was very difficult. Um, was there any particular thing that caused caused a shift? You know, do you remember any kind of a uh, a shift from feeling what are we going to do to the the place that you described you ended up where you just really start to rely on God and trust Him in the midst of you know, his plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had always relied upon God. God, if, if my life were a, like a pie, maybe a mm-hmm. potato pie, uh, one of my favorites, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. God had seven, eight, seven of the eight slices of that pie. Uh, mm-hmm. I all those, but the eighth slice was my corporate career. That, I mean, I, said, I, I even kind of had the attitude, didn't speak, but had the attitude. Oh, God, I got this. God, I don't need you this part of my life. Uh, I, I didn't mm-hmm. say it, but I was acting that way, that, God, mm-hmm. you have my family life, you have my church life, da-da-da. But this one slice, my corporate career, God, I got this. I'm accomplished as mm-hmm. far as uh, degree, uh, it's going well, climbing the, the uh, corporate ladder, flying the mm-hmm. around in the Gulf Streams and whatnot, and just really enjoying the corporate world and climbing up mm-hmm. and um, and really kind of saying, acting out, God, I got this. You, you can have the seven mm-hmm. And then God allowed that challenge and a couple of little challenges in my, that my world began to shake. The eighth slice began to shake. And the, God mm-hmm. brought me to my knees and re- really showed me that God doesn't want seven eighths of us. He wants all of us. And so when I finally turned to that corporate career as well, that's when God really took over. Wow. Wow. That that uh, that's a vivid picture that you're painting of, and I'm sure listeners can relate to when you're holding on to something that you feel, okay, Lord, the rest is yours, but I've got this, or I've got this this part covered. <laughs> exactly, absolutely. 
And and when and, God does it though, He does it for our good. Mhm. Mhm. Did you feel that at that time, Reverend Osbury, that He was doing it for your good? No, I was about to add. In the moment, it seems like we're getting spanked, or or uh, let's say spanked by God. But mm-hmm. as we go through it and come out on the other side, we look back and realize, oh, God had that for my blessing, not 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 the the, the uh, to destroy us, but to get us to where He wants us to be. Ah, oh. you know that that's a perfect segue. Because I had posed to our listeners earlier, I asked if they were, at this point in the new year, counting more challenges than blessings. But I recognize uh, that sometimes our challenges can turn into our blessings. Um, <laughs> and it sounds like you you are stating a very good example of that, or that very thing is what you experienced. Absolutely, I agree. Wow. Listeners, I hope you're really tuning in to that point because sometimes when we're going through the challenges and and so many things are coming at us like uh, a fire hose, we can't see that there is a blessing embedded somewhere in there. Uh, but from what Reverend Osbury is describing uh, just that very thing that he felt uh, he wanted to keep control of and to stay uh, connected to almost privately and not surrendering it to to the Lord. When he did, it turned into a, a major blessing. <laughs> um, Absolutely. That's a great example, uh, Reverend Osbury. Does any does any other example come to mind of an experience when, you know, something looked like it was a an actual major challenge, but it turned into a blessing? Right. Um, again, for me, the the career. You know, we spend a lot of time in college, learning and developing and equipping ourselves for a career. And mm-hmm. I remember one time I was up for this controller job. Had been the assistant controller and kind of doing the controller job, and it was mm-hmm. a great job. I could uh, envision myself uh, in that job. The job came open, and I applied for it, interviewed for it, did uh, awesome job at, on, in the interview, if I say so myself, humbly, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> thought certain I had the job. Uh, equipped, I've been again doing it, and when the uh, they gave me a call. They actually brought me to the office and said, Marcia, you know, you did great, da-da-da-da-da, uh, but it's just not your time. We're going to hire an expert. I said, what? That threw me for a loop. I think I stayed in my bathroom for about a week because uh, I, I could mm-hmm. taste the job. It was a job that I could retire from. I, I'd say, okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm in my 20s at the time, right, or late 20s, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. I had never heard the word, uh, it's not your turn. I said, well, that wasn't in my uh, playbook. I said, always we're taught you work hard, you do your job, and uh, you equip yourself, and the doors open. But the reality is that's mm-hmm. not always the case. And so it took mm-hmm. me about a week in a bathrobe. Uh, I was just stunned, dazed, because I, saw, I, I, that's, I had my name all over it. I'd already made plans, mm-hmm. uh, at least in my, in my mm-hmm. mind. So when that door shut, um, it caused me to begin to look around for, at other uh, opportunities, other 
companies, even though that company had promised me, hey, the next one's yours, so to speak, okay? And mm-hmm. but it's, I said, no, nah, that's not the way I'm going to do business. So uh, I moved, took another job, moved. And I find that though that door shut, remember the old, um, uh, when you go to the game room, they had the uh, pinball machines. They had the levers that you get, mm-hmm. and they knock that little silver ball around and you get points. Uh-huh. So I felt like that, that uh, in hindsight, it was that was God's flipper to send me to where he wanted me to send me. Because that door mm-hmm. closing ended up me going, coming to Northern Virginia and eventually meeting my founding pastor, Pastor John Gibbs, and uh, surrendering to the ministry call of my life. And um, the rest is history. You know, 20 years later, I'm the pastor at Antioch. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that shut door, though it was devastating, was actually God leading me elsewhere. It was God, hindsight, you know, again, as you come through, you just look back and say, oh, that was God shutting the door. It hurt. It uh, was crushed mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. But kind of like the phoenix, God raises us back up. If we keep trusting in him, even though it was devastating, hurtful, uh, you felt like, mm-hmm. wait, wait, what's going on here? And you explore your your options. And then God opened another door up here, up here being North Virginia. And um, lo and behold, about a year later, I surrendered and said, okay, God, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be your minister. Not knowing then what um, the path was, but I just saw God. And again, as I look back now, I really see that it was God mm-hmm. shutting the door and then God opening up mm-hmm. the door up in Northern Virginia and then God moving me into ministry. Wow. Isn't that something when you look back at, at the path and the plan that you had and the plan that God had? Yes. Mm-hmm. And his plans are best. Yes, yes. Well, I want to ask you something else that I um, that I asked or I mentioned uh, earlier in the broadcast before you came on, with mm-hmm. regard to overwhelm, because generally in life, and and as you described, we're not dealing normally just with one challenge or uh, one major resolution at a time. We can get bombarded and multiple things can come at us at once. So um, what do you suggest or what do you find has worked for you when you're feeling a sense of overwhelm? I've been really blessed that uh, my wife is one of the wisest people I know. And uh, Mm -hmm. she often reminds me, because, again, we we put a lot of irons, I put a lot of irons in the fire and... uh, a lot of things going on, and it can sense of being overwhelmed at times. And she often mm-hmm. reminds me, Marshall, remember, it's not a dash with the Lord, it's a walk with the Lord. And I said, oh, yeah. And so that helps me to, at those times, to um, gear back, to slow down, to begin to say what's really important. What's I, I kind of go back through an ABC priority list, the A's of what I must mm-hmm. absolutely get done. The B's and C's get in their categories and some just fade away, they really aren't important as well. But it's like what a must do. And mm-hmm. that helps me to, we need people in our lives that can tell us, hey, you need to slow down. It's a walk with the Lord. Enjoy life. I, I used to be, in my corporate days, a type A personality and it was really about the destination. But in this mm-hmm. season of my life, God has really shown me, enjoy the journey to the destination. Mm-hmm. Previously, it was all about the destination. 
and mm-hmm. I've learned over the last, say, 25 years to enjoy the journey getting to the destination. Because in that journey, you're making relationships, you you mm-hmm. uh, exploring things, you're experiencing God in a different way. But if we just run through life as a blur, we get to our destinations, people see the the accolade, so to speak, but they don't. But you haven't enjoyed the journey. I think the journey—it's mm-hmm. more about the journey than the destination. I can definitely relate to that, and I'm sure some of our listeners—I'm uh, sure that resonates with listeners as well, because we can get so focused on where we're going that um, that we're missing what's happening in the present. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I heard something uh, just the other day uh, that really, really blessed me. And said, like when you're getting overwhelmed, some people might get a little bit depressed, whatnot, and just kind of get mm-hmm. stuck. You can't not get anything done. And this, this author yeah. said, um, at least make your bed before you leave home. And it might sound mm-hmm. simple, but I say because because when you get home, you will have accomplished at least one thing in that day. And it really makes mm-hmm. sense. It really, and, and that's a positive step. It's small, but it's a positive step, especially when you're overwhelmed to the point you're like stuck in cement and you're not moving forward. You're just kind of stuck. Make that Do those simple things at home like, hey, I'm going to make my bed today, and mm-hmm. it's complete, nice and neat. You get back home and say, well, you know, I did accomplish one thing today. That That's a little step to help us get unstuck or help deal with being overwhelmed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, what you share just reminds us, um, you know, that life is stressful. We all have these highly stressful times or times of great challenge um, or hard to cope with times in our lives. Uh, so I appreciate your being so open and transparent with what you've shared. And I'm sure that it's giving someone listening a lot to reflect upon and to put in perspective right now. Um, I I know that as a pastor, you regularly hear the challenges that many people are grappling with. Um, what would you say is the most common piece of advice that you find applicable to people who are seeking help? One of the key things I've found over the let's say, last 20 years or so, most people <laughs> don't have anyone to talk with. Most people won't open up to someone, and I think we all need someone in our lives to open up to, that someone mm-hmm. who will not judge us, will will mm-hmm. not be mesmerized by our resume, but will mm-hmm. will love us and keep things confidential. And mm-hmm. if people can be be that for someone and have someone that, that, that like that in their lives, because typically typically things aren't as bad as we think they are. They're bad, they're tough, mm-hmm. but they aren't as bad as we think they are. And I find especially for men, men typically don't have anyone to talk with, and men can make things seem so fatalistic. And when mm-hmm. whereas if they had just had someone to talk with that would uh, receive them, uh, love them, keep it confidential, mm-hmm. and not be mesmerized by who they are. But just to tell them the truth that hey, here's what what it looks like. I remember one time but I can share this that I was years ago wrestling with an issue, and um, my wife said, "Well, what's wrong?" And so, and she uh, I told her what was wrong, and so she she was I think she was washing the dishes at the time. She's such a wise person. She turned to me and, and real quickly said, "Well, Marshall, if you're walking down the street and your pants fall down, what are you going to do?" I'm thinking, Duh. 
pull him up and walk on. She said, exactly. She said, go and do likewise. And, I said, and then I thought about it. I said, you know, she's right. It, what I was wrestling with was not as bad as I thought it was. But had I not talked to her yeah. about it, uh, mm-hmm. I would have been still festering. And it, the more we pester on something, the bigger it, it gets. It's like the big monster yeah. in the room. And we yeah. just need someone just to talk to, to to bring us down, so to speak. Hey, it's real, but mm-hmm. it's not that real. Yeah, I find the same in my coaching. Sometimes when you just say out loud, when you describe what you're dealing with or articulate your concern, it loses some of its big, hairy monster power. <laughs> Excellent. A great way to say it. It's a great, great picture. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I greatly appreciate that that um, wise advice of people having someone who they can trust, who they can talk to, who won't judge mm-hmm. them, who will love them, and, and very importantly, keep their confidence. Um, and that's, that's why and I, I hear great things about what Linda Jones is doing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. People, well, people you uh, not give you a plug, but people uh, find you very easy and comfortable to talk with, and that sense of respect and, and that you love people and that you really care about them. That means a lot. And believe me, a lot of people do not have that type of person in their life. So keep it a good work. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, well, we have we have certainly uh, talked about your faith walk. I mean, everything that you've described has been related to your uh, trusting God through the challenges and through the um, unexpected curveballs, if you will, in your life. Um, There may be someone out there who is saying right now, yeah, I've been through something like that, or I know a time when I was in life or promotion and then it didn't happen. I feel right now, like I'm all by myself. I don't know how to start a relationship with Christ. I just, I don't know what to do. What would you say to them, Reverend Osbury? Excellent question, and you're right. A lot of people think something mystical or magical. And simply (laughs) acknowledging that Jesus Christ died for our sins and John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, whosoever, mm-hmm. and that means everyone, is, is, it's possible for everyone who would trust in him. Uh, it's about what the work of Christ, it's called grace, that he sheds his, mm-hmm. sheds his grace upon us. No matter how bad we think we've been or how awful we think we've been, he heals us from all that. He cleanses us from all that. He loves us so much that he shed his blood on Calvary's cross. And again, if all, all those who would trust in him would have eternal life, that he comes and gives us that peace that's be, beyond all understanding. So just simply trusting Christ, inviting him into our life, as we say, trusting Christ, acknowledging that he did die for our sins, and rose from the grave mm-hmm. on the third day. Amen. Amen. What a meaningful and inspiring conversation. I could go on and on. Um Thank you for being willing to let your heart be seen today, for for sharing such personal uh, reflections. Uh, to our listeners out there, I hope you've gotten a lot of, out of this conversation. And right now, 
I just want to remind you, this is the whole purpose of this show. I invite guests who will share openly their stories, their lessons, the choices that they've made, that those stories might encourage and uplift you. And now we want to hear your thoughts and comments about our discussion. Right now, I'm inviting you to call in and let us hear your views. We'd love for you to join our conversation. To join in, call us at 646-716-9397. That's 646-716-9397. We have one caller on the line at a 210-824 prefix. Caller, if you have a comment or question, just press 1 and you're on with us live. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I have a question for the pastor. When do you know that it's time to stop fighting and standing up in the storm? I uh, missed your question. Could you restate that? I'm part of faded out. I'm sorry. When do you know that it's time to stop fighting and stand up in the storm? You've achieved all great successes. Uh, you continue to receive challenges. You've prayed. God sends you signs as to what you should do. Mm-hmm. But the enemy is um is still attacking. Right. Thank you for the question. The enemy's mm-hmm. job is to continually to attack, to discourage us. Uh, even Jesus mm-hmm. was tempted in Matthew four and Luke four. We see that uh, Jesus, the Son of God, was uh, tempted, and even when it says the tempter, the Satan went away. He also came back later. So sometimes we're in seasons of great. Uh, struggle or discouragement, Satan's battle is to discourage us. At the same time, if you find that you you know what God's telling you to do, one of the good things, because sometimes in the storm we can be kind of foggy and just not certain, hey, is that really God or whatever. One of the key things to do, again, God didn't call us to walk this journey by ourselves. So one of the key things mm-hmm. to do is get someone who you can trust, who will tell you, uh, like wise counselor, that you, you can share with them what you feel God's telling you to do, they can check, make sure that it's uh, consistent with the Word of God, that it's not illegal, unethical, or immoral, that it sounds very similar to what, what, how God operates, and then they can give you kind of be a, a sounding board for you to encourage you. The ultimate decisions are yours, but that sounding board in your life is people that you trust. They have your best interests at heart. They don't have any ulterior motives. Uh, they don't, don't want to see you uh, suffering whatnot. They have your best interests at heart, and share with them. Uh, that's why you know, a person like Linda or a local pastor can be good at that, that they have your best interest at heart. They won't tell you what you want to hear. They'll tell you what you need to hear and help bring clarity yeah. to what you're feeling, especially when you're in the midst of a storm. Does that help? Yes, it, it does. The um, situation is that... Uh, 
I, I'm I'm still in a quandary because uh, I do have two confidants, and one is saying one thing, and one is saying another, and I uh, I'm just not sure how to proceed. Uh, right. I feel that I should stand up in the storm and press forward, uh, but there's some reluctance in doing that, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am a believer. I I pray, and uh, God has given me all of the signs. And it would be very easy to not stand up. And I right. don't want to. I don't want to cave into doing what's easiest. Right. 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 If, if you have well, a. Uh, go ahead, Reverend Osberry. I was going to say also, if you have a local pastor to talk with that can bring clarity, because you kind of hit the surface level at 35,000 feet, what we're, what we're talking about, but to bring that clarity, that that's why a local pastor could really help you in bringing some uh, clarity to your your next steps. I agree. I, I, I do think... It would be beneficial to talk to my pastor. So, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. Oh, and, I just and, want and, and prayer. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Reverend Osberry. No, I was going to say also in in you know uh, bathing it situation in prayer as well, and and through the power of the Holy Spirit, God gives us strength to do that which the flesh is maybe cringing about. And that's why, mm-hmm. again, we all need wise counselors, especially when we're in the midst of a storm. We need people to walk with us, and that's that's so critical. Absolutely. Okay. I was caller. I just wanted to add to you that feeling afraid or feeling uncertain about next steps does not mean you have to stop. You know, I I, I say to clients. Fear and uncertainty are not stop signs. Okay, you may you may never feel totally comfortable, but it doesn't mean that you don't take steps. Okay, but but definitely be in prayer as Reverend Osbury is recommending, and uh, maybe if you could get to talk with a pastor. Thank you so much for calling today. And, and thank if you, you need. Re- I was going to say, if you need resources, stay on the line. Um, at the end of the broadcast, I'm definitely going to uh, share how to get in touch with me, and I'm happy to make referrals for you. Thank you so okay. much. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to move to our next call, um, 703-930-prefix, press 1, and you're going to be live on the air. Hello. Good morning, Linda. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? My name is Tilly. Hi. And and I'm calling from down here in Newport News, Virginia. And um, yes, I was calling, um, I was listening to the show. I didn't hear it all because I couldn't get Mm -hmm. connected, but I heard most of it and it was so interesting. And I was just hypothetically wanted to ask the pastor, I was you know, he was talking about getting, you know, talking to a confidant and you have an issue or a challenge or a problem. 
And I was wondering, you know, if the person is an introverted person or the person is not connected with any branch of sign and they don't feel that they have anyone in particular to reach out to, what would a person like that do? Where would they go? How would they start the process of seeking help? So that's, that's an excellent question because you're right. There are people that are introverted that and may feel disconnected and may feel no one wants to talk to me or vice versa as well for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. I think also that's, that's why even going in a cold call to a local church, uh, whether it's a pastor uh, or ministry people there, that can assist them, that will embrace them, love them. But taking that first step, sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. And that can be the biggest mm-hmm. battle, and and that that is a critical step. But uh, loving church environments—that's why it's, it's so critical to have loving church environments. And hopefully, mm-hmm. that's the reputation of that local church as well. But then to take that risk and chance to reach out and and begin to share with someone who would have the best interest of heart, who's representing God, and would would minister to them to their spirit to help them to open up. And it's it's hard to open up. Uh, I I have an mm-hmm. introverted past, and. Oh. And uh, in the past, today Linda says I'm very transparent. Well, that's not the way I used to be. I used to be very guarded, not trusting. And mm-hmm. But really reaching out to the local church person to say, I need someone to talk to. And, of course, there's hotlines and that every area has and uh, that really want to talk to people, really want to help people. Mm-hmm. And also even, you know, even I- to pray and, and ask God, God, would you send someone to my life? I re- mm-hmm. A little quick story. I remember uh, when a good friend of mine died, uh, I didn't have anyone to talk with. And I prayed. I said, God, would you send someone in my path that I could talk with to share how I'm hurting? And mm-hmm. what happened, in 15 minutes, a minister that I hadn't talked to in 15 years gave me a call. And he said, you were on my mind. I just wanted to call you. We talked for about 50 minutes. And it was, it was God answering my prayer. So some of it's praying also, God, I need someone to talk to. And God has a way of hearing our prayers. Yes. You know, I just want to add real quickly, too, um, that there are people who are trained who have uh, probably never heard um, something that has surprised or shocked them because of their training, because of their uh, actual experience. So for someone who is dealing with a situation, of course, they feel I'm the only one who's dealing with this. But mm-hmm. trained professionals who do it for a living know how to meet people where they are and go step by step to give help them to build confidence and trust. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Joe. That's, that's quite helpful. Thank you so much for that. And keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for okay. your call. God bless you. Okay. God bless. God bless you too. Okay. While we're waiting for other callers, if you'd like to join us, again the number is six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. While we're waiting, Reverend Osberry, I have a couple of other yeah. questions I can ask. <laughs> um, what are okay. you enjoying most? about this season of your life? Wow. Um, you know, for me, I enjoy every day. Every day is kind of an adventure. Not that it's uh, like a top of, of a mountaintop kind of experience, but uh, just for example, the other day I, I woke up 
and uh, after shoveling some snow, um, I said, God, thank you that we didn't lose power today. And because in the past, there have been times we've lost power into our house, and it gets real cold and whatnot, and that creates another set of issues. But to thank God for the little things every day, or what we might think are little things, or things that, God, thank you that my car started this morning. Uh, God, thank you for the kind neighbor that had a bobcat that helped shovel out the roadway because that hasn't been cut. Uh, hasn't been shoveled out by the county yet. And uh, mm-hmm. really learning to thank God every day for the little things that we might otherwise miss. And those are the golden blessings. God, thank you for waking me up even. So that's yes. really, And that brings to cherish each day. Now, sometimes um, I, want, I want to get the most out of every day, and, mm-hmm. uh, but then, then you got to shut it down as well. And just kind of have some restorative time. Yes, that's that's uh, very true. And um, to gather with, like for example, a couple weeks ago, I had the privilege of uh, uh, taking an additional study, and was able to meet with thirty of my colleagues and had some great refreshing time, um, development time, and and prayer time. And that's uh, there's time mm-hmm. to pull away. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. Um, as we wind up our time together today, um, mm-hmm. I'd love to know, what do you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you to do in this season of life? Do you feel any promptings of the Holy Spirit right now? I certainly do. This year, because um, like your first question I asked in the beginning, I really didn't answer it directly, that I really feel that God is moving myself and Antioch to have a broader outreach to all the whosoever wills. Uh, mm-hmm. Our purpose statement at Antioch is loving God and loving others. And God has really burdened my heart um, that, in a good way uh, that we need to be more inclusive, to more intentional in reaching out to the others um, whether it be the Hispanic, Latino community, uh, the Asian community, the Indian, Indian American community, the Anglo community, mm-hmm. that the ministries that we have at Antioch are so relevant to everyone, and we just need to do a uh, enhanced job uh, positioning where God's positioned us to make sure that our doors open. The people know on the outside that our doors are open for mm-hmm. everyone. God loves everyone. Amen. Okay. Amen. Um, What a great discussion. Um, And I've got a really cool question that someone, I mean, a friend of mine actually just shared. Um, Okay. You may have heard this before. (laughs) If you could text Jesus Christ, what would your text say? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Did I answer it well? Yes, you did. Okay. I said, I said the same to my friend. I said I would say, thank you for salvation, and please stay close to me. Amen. Absolutely. Thank you for everything. Yes, for everything. Well, <laughs> some people get I that. Do want, 
I do want to ask if you had, as we are um, at the end of our hour and no more callers, I would like to just see if you have any parting words to share with our listeners. One of the things is never to lose hope. No matter how dark the moment is, how still the night, how desperate the situation might be, never, never, ever, ever lose hope. Uh, that's where the enemy tries to attack us. That's why when we're not talking with other people, we, we tend to think it's hopeless, but it's never hopeless. Please never, never, ever, ever lose hope. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being my guest today. What you shared will be helpful to many. And I pray will result in someone making inspired choices in their lives. And to our audience, Antioch Baptist Church has three worship services each Sunday morning, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11.30, where everyone is welcome to worship. Oh, I see we do have one other caller. Just one moment. Caller at 703-887-PREFIX. Press 1 and you're on live with us. Good afternoon. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon, Reverend Osbury. Uh, good afternoon. I had uh, one one call before um, Coach Linda ends the show. Um, looking at, at younger people, um, you know, and trying to uh, help ensure that you know they can help see the the Jesus in us and the Christ in us. Um, but what would you recommend to those of uh, middle and, and older ages uh, to do to, to help to inspire younger people to, um, you know, to, to find Jesus, to seek Jesus, um, and to help them in, in their their everyday lives, and to help them to find that that journey uh, that that we as, as Christians, uh, you know, understand and know. Mm-hmm. Excellent question. I really, as you were talking, what came to my mind is, and what, what some other young people have shared with me along the way, is, again, people see our, use the word, see our glory, but don't know our story. We need to tell our stories, that we always haven't been where we are, that yes. we've had a journey ourselves, and we haven't been the, I, I remember talking to someone recently, and their son thought that dad had never done anything wrong, thought dad was, quote, unquote, lived perfectly. And Dad said, "No, no, son. Here's my. I don't gloat about it, but here's what I've been through, and it connected so well with the son. Not that we want to glorify our sins, but to be real with people to say, you know, I haven't always been perfect. Uh, Not that we are now either, except through Jesus. But a lot of the young folks think we've always been perfect because we haven't shared our stories. So we really, really need to tell our stories, in that um, we haven't been perfect. We've made some mistakes in lives, but we have recovered from our mistakes." And our mistakes yes. didn't overwhelm us. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much. We have Thank so you. many. Um, yeah, we have so many younger people that I see who, who just haven't um, been able to to touch um, base with with who Jesus Christ is. And uh, it, it, your your answer, I think, is, is very appropriate because a lot of us, um, you know, a lot a lot of us who are very successful and and we look like we've been straight all our lives, we haven't been, as you right. say. You haven't been, right. and so uh, I think that if, if they can they can see that that type of 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 a picture that that might help help some of them in their their 
learning about Jesus Christ and their walk with Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for your answer, and thank you, Coach Thank Linda. you. Thank you, caller. <clears throat> um, if anyone else is out there with a, a last call, um, there was someone holding at a 301-604, and the call was dropped. Um, I'm sorry if we lost you there. Um, but as I was saying, um, Antioch has three worship services each Sunday morning at 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11.30, where everyone is welcome to come and worship. To our listeners, I want to give you an email to use to reach me. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, if you want the information on the previous show that we or that we're getting great feedback on, or if you're interested in um, sharing something with me privately, you can reach me this way. But also, if you know someone or if you have a powerful story that you would like to share, you can email me at Linda on lcrn at gmail.com. That's LCRN stands for Life Coach Radio Network. So Linda on lcrn at gmail.com. I hope you will join our next show on February 9th at noon when my guest will be philanthropist Mark and Brenda Moore. You will not want to miss what this amazing couple has to share with us. I have a couple of quick announcements of upcoming shows on Life Coach Radio Networks. Tomorrow, Wednesday, January 27th, tune in at 12 noon Eastern Time for Your Best Life with Jan Jaffe. And on Thursday, January 28th, tune in at 1 o'clock p.m., for creating an on-stage presence so you can shine in the spotlight. Oh, we have another caller before we wrap up. Okay. Let's see if we can get a couple of more callers in, Reverend Osbury. Sure. Okay, caller at 240-394. Press 1 and you're on live. Oh, and put your phone or your computer on mute, please. Hello, caller at 240-394. Yes, hi, Coach Linda. This is Marlise Giannubio, Tini. How are you doing? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Great. Hi, Pastor Osbury. Hi, God bless you. I just wanted to say thank you for sharing everything that you had to say today. We greatly um, we enjoyed it. Luckily, God had the government closed today, so so me and my husband could listen to your program and be blessed by your words. Oh, wonderful! Aww. Hold on, just thank you. Have a question for you. Okay. Hello. Yes. Hello. Go ahead. Hello. Yes. Good afternoon. How are you? Great. Good, thank you. Yes, um, I just uh, my, one question I'd like to ask is that how do you know when God is calling you uh, into the ministry? Uh, excellent question. A lot of people ask that question. And um, I always tell folks who are called to ministry, 
you need to know, and that's a good question, you need to know, make sure that it's God calling you, not other mm-hmm. people calling you, because there are times you will stand by yourself, just you and the Lord. And one, it's it's a should be an internal desire that you just can't shake. You can try, 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 go do something else, and it keeps coming back to you, pressing upon you. And then, for affirmation or confirmation, other people should see it in you. Those who uh, have your best interest at heart, who who know you, and they can give confirmation. But ultimately, you've got to know for yourself that that's God calling you into ministry. And then, um, as you approach your local pastor, that local pastor should see it in you as well. Hmm. Thank you for. Hmm. So, what about the idea of like when? You keep fighting back and forth, um, you know, with, with the idea of when God is calling you to ministry, but the only thing is that you just feel, I guess in a way, strong-headed about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as far as not doing it? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm one who ran from God's call many, many years. I knew at 18 mm-hmm. God called me to ministry, but I remember in my I, I, you know, just being honest with you and with God, I remember telling God, "No, God, not me. I want to go earn some money," and uh, mm-hmm. that's my corporate career. Mm-hmm. And and so, not until mm-hmm. I'm in my mid twenties do I finally surrender to God. So you're talking to one who's been really running, had run from God for a long, long time. <laughs> and then the hardest thing for me, once I did accept it for myself, was me. How would other people take that? And I remember talking to my mom. My mother and said, Mom, you know, I was very uh, reluctant to tell her. I said, you know, God, I think God's called me into ministry. Well, I didn't say thank. I said, God's calling me into ministry. And you know her response? She said, I said, Mom, you didn't say anything. I said, what's going on? She said, I've always known it. Hmm. And I said, well, why do you say anything? She said, no, no, you had to know it for yourself. Wow. And so there are probably mm-hmm. people around you who are seeing it, but the wise thing is they should not say anything until you acknowledge it. Wow. Wow! Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'll keep you in our prayer as you rest with that situation. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, caller. Thank you. That's a courageous question. Have a blessed day. You too. Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do one last uh, uh, request for calls. 646-716-9396. 646-716-9397. Just in case there's anyone else out there who wants to get in, make a comment, you have a question for uh, Reverend Osbury or myself. Okay. I've highlighted a couple of the upcoming um shows on Life Coach Radio Network that I hope you can tune in for. Ladies out there, my New Year uh, coaching programs have already launched, but if you or anyone you know is interested in the benefits of coaching, you can still get into my next Six Inspired Choices program, which begins the first week in February. Go to my website, www.lindastevensjones.com, to learn more about Christian coaching or to sign up for a no-cost discovery session. Reverend Osbury, again, it has been such a pleasure. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. 
Oh, I, it's just been a great pleasure. Um, do you have any shout-outs before we close today? <laughs> I'd like to shout-out to my lovely wife, who uh, you made sure that she knew the address to get to to catch the broadcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, yeah. thank you for our 36 years together. She's a lovely person, and she really has the Spirit of God. She really does. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to give a shout-out to my husband, Spike, who had to celebrate his birthday on Saturday with the snowblower. <laughs> but I promise we're going to celebrate. <laughs> and a shout-out of hope to anyone out there who's feeling overwhelmed. I want you to um, ponder the ideas that we have talked about today. Give them a try. Get some help or reach out to me here on Life Coach Radio Networks for info or referrals. Um, Don't feel that you are alone. And to all of our listeners and callers today, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this community. And I hope you heard something that encouraged you today. If you're encouraged, please help me spread the word by sharing the link for the show replay with your network. And lastly, mark your calendars to tune in for the next broadcast on February 9th right here at 12 noon. Until then, stay blessed. Goodbye, everyone. Linda? I'm here. I'm just making Great job. sure. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to end this episode and then call you back. Okay. God bless okay. you. Okay. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.